Part 3 of Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stephen Escalera. Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners by John Bunyan. Part 3. About this time I began to break my mind to those poor people in Bedford, and to tell them my condition, which, when they heard, they told Mr. Gifford of me, who himself also took occasion to talk with me, and was willing to be well persuaded of me, though I think but from little grounds. But he invited me to his house, where I should hear him confer with others about the dealings of God with the soul, from all which I still received more conviction, and from that time began to see something of the vanity and inward wretchedness of my wicked heart, for as yet I knew no great matter therein, but now it began to be discovered unto me, and also to work at that rate for wickedness as it never did before. Now I evidently found that lusts and corruptions would strongly put forth themselves within me, in wicked thoughts and desires which I did not regard before, my desires for heaven and life began to fail. I found also that whereas my soul was full of longing after God, now my heart began to hanker after every foolish vanity. Yea, my heart would not be moved to mind that that was good. It began to be careless, both of my soul and heaven. It would now continually hang back, both to, and in every duty, and was as a clog on the leg of a bird to hinder her from flying. Nay, thought I, now I grow worse and worse. Now am I farther from conversion than ever I was before. Wherefore I began to sink greatly in my soul, and began to entertain such discouragement in my heart as laid me low as hell. If now I should have burned at a stake, I could not believe that Christ had love for me. Alas, I could neither hear him, nor see him, nor feel him, nor savor any of his things. I was driven as with a tempest. My heart would be unclean. The Canaanites would dwell in the land. Sometimes I would tell my condition to the people of God, which, when they heard, they would pity me, and would tell me of the promises. But they had as good have told me that I must reach the sun with my finger as have bidden me receive or rely upon the promise, and as soon as I should have done it, all my sense and feeling was against me, and I saw I had a heart that would sin and that lay under a law that would condemn. These things have often made me think of that child which the father brought to Christ, who, while he was yet a-coming to him, was thrown down by the devil, and also so rent and torn by him that he lay and wallowed, foaming. Luke 9.42, Mark 9.20. Further in these days I should find my heart to shut itself up against the Lord and against His holy word. I have found my unbelief to set, as it were, the shoulder to the door to keep him out, and that, too, even then, when I have with many a bitter sigh cried, Good Lord, break it open. Lord, break these gates of brass and cut these bars of iron asunder. Psalm 107.16. Yet that word would sometimes create in my heart a peaceable pause. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Isaiah 45, 5. But all this while, as to the act of sinning, I never was more tender than now. I durst not take a pen or a stick, though but so big as a straw, for my conscience now was sore and would smart at every touch. I could not now tell how to speak my words, for I fear I should misplace them. Oh, how gingerly did I then go in all I did or said! I found myself as on a miry bog that shook if I did but stir, and was there left both of God and Christ and the Spirit and all good things. But, I observe, 
Though I was such a great sinner before conversion, yet God never much charged the guilt of the sins of my ignorance upon me. Only he showed me I was lost if I had not Christ, because I had been a sinner. I saw that I wanted a perfect righteousness to present me without fault before God, and this righteousness was nowhere to be found but in the person of Jesus Christ. But my original and inward pollution, that, that was my plague and my affliction. That, I say, at a dreadful rate, always putting forth itself within me. That I had the guilt of, to amazement. By reason of that, I was more loathsome in mine own eyes than was a toad. And I thought I was so in God's eyes, too. Sin and corruption, I said, would as naturally bubble out of my heart as water would bubble out of a fountain. I thought now that everyone had a better heart than I had. I could have changed heart with anybody. I thought none but the devil himself could equalize me for inward wickedness and pollution of mind. I fell, therefore, at the sight of my own vileness, deeply into despair, for I concluded that this condition that I was in could not stand with a state of grace. Sure, thought I, I am forsaken of God. Sure I am given up to the devil, and to a reprobate mind, and thus I continued a long while, even for some years together. While I was thus afflicted with the fears of my own damnation, there were two things would make me wonder. The one was, when I saw old people hunting after the things of this life, as if they should live here always. The other was, when I found professors much distressed and cast down, when they met with outward losses, as of husband, wife, child, etc. Lord, thought I, what ado is here about such little things as these? What seeking after carnal things by some, and what grief in others for the loss of them? If they so much labor after and spend so many tears for the things of this present life, how am I to be bemoaned, pitied, and prayed for? My soul is dying, my soul is damning. Were my soul but in a good condition, and were I but sure of it, oh, how rich I should esteem myself, though blessed but with bread and water. I should count those but small afflictions, and should bear them as little burdens. A wounded spirit, who can bear and though I was thus troubled and tossed and afflicted with the sight and sense and terror of my own wickedness, yet I was afraid to let this sight and sense go quite off my mind, for I found that, unless guilt of conscience was taken off the right way, that is, by the blood of Christ, a man grew rather worse for the loss of his trouble of mind than better. Wherefore, if my guilt lay hard upon me, then I should cry that the blood of Christ might take it off, and if it was going off without it, for the sense of sin would be sometimes as if it would die and go quite away. Then I would also strive to fetch it upon my heart again, by bringing the punishment for sin and hell fire upon my spirits, and should cry, Lord, let it not go off my heart, but the right way, but by the blood of Christ, and by the application of thy mercy through him to my soul. For that scripture lay much upon me, without shedding of blood is no remission. Hebrews 9.22 and that which made me the more afraid of this was, because I had seen some who, though when they were under wounds of conscience, then they would cry and pray, but they, seeking rather present ease from their trouble than pardon for their sin, cared not how they lost their guilt. So they got it out of their mind, and therefore, having it got off the wrong way, it was not sanctified unto them. But they grew harder and blinder and more wicked after their trouble. This made me afraid and made me cry to God the more that it might not be so with me. And now was I sorry that God had made me a man, for I feared I was a reprobate. I counted man as unconverted, the most doleful of all the creatures. 
thus being afflicted and tossed about my sad condition i counted myself alone and above the most of men unblessed yea i thought it impossible that ever i should attain to so much goodness of heart as to thank god that he had made me a man man indeed is the most noble by creation of all creatures in the visible world but by sin he has made himself the most ignoble the beasts birds fishes etc i blessed their condition for they had not a sinful nature they were not obnoxious in the sight of god they were not to go to hell fire after death i could therefore have rejoiced had my condition been as any of theirs in this condition i went a great while but when comforting time was come i heard one preach a sermon upon those words in the song for one behold thou art fair my love behold thou art fair but at that time he made these two words my love his chief and subject matter from which after he had a little opened the text he observed these several conclusions one that the church and so every saved soul is christ's love when loveless two christ's love without a cause three christ's love when hated of the world four christ's love when under temptation and under desertion five christ's love from first to last but i got nothing by what he said at present only when he came to the application of the fourth particular this was the word he said if it be so that the saved soul is christ's love when under temptation and desertion then poor tempted soul when thou art assaulted and afflicted with temptation and the hidings of god's face yet think on these two words my love still so as i was a-going home these words came again into my thoughts and i well remember as i came in i said thus in my heart what shall i get by thinking on these two words this thought had no sooner passed through my heart but the words began thus to kindle in my spirit thou art my love thou art my love twenty times together and still as they ran thus in my mind they waxed stronger and warmer and began to make me look up but being as yet between hope and fear i still replied in my heart but is it true but is it true at which that sentence fell in upon me he wist not that it was true which was done by the angel acts twelve nine then i began to give place to the word which with power did over and over make this joyful sound within my soul thou art my love thou art my love and nothing shall separate thee from my love and with that romans eight thirty nine came into my mind now was my heart filled full of comfort and hope and now i could believe that my sins should be forgiven me yea i was now so taken with the love and mercy of god that i remember i could not tell how to contain till i got home i thought i could have spoken of his love and of his mercy to me even to the very crows that sat upon the ploughed lands before me had they been capable to have understood me wherefore i said in my soul with much gladness well i would i had a pen and ink here i would write this down before i go any farther for surely i will not forget this forty years hence but alas within less than forty days i began to question all again which made me begin to question all still yet still at times i was helped to believe that it was a true manifestation of grace unto my soul though i had lost much of the life and savour of it now about a week or fortnight after this i was much followed by this scripture simon simon behold satan hath desired to have you luke twenty two thirty one 
and sometimes it would sound so loud within me, yea, and as it were call so strongly after me, that once above all the rest I turned my head over my shoulder, thinking verily that some man had, behind me, called to me, being at a great distance, methought, he called so loud. It came, as I have thought since, to have stirred me up to prayer and to watchfulness. It came to acquaint me that a cloud and a storm was coming down upon me, but I understood it not. Also, as I remember, that time that it called to me so loud was the last time that it sounded in mine ear, but methinks I hear it still with what a loud voice these words, Simon, Simon, sounded in mine ears. I thought verily, as I have told you, that somebody had called after me, that was half a mile behind me, and although that was not my name, yet it made me suddenly look behind me, believing that he that called so loud meant me. But so foolish was I, and ignorant, that I knew not the reason of this sound, which, as I did both see and feel soon after, was sent from heaven as an alarm to awaken me to provide for what was coming, only it would make me muse and wonder in my mind to think what should be the reason that this scripture, and that at this rate, so often and so loud, should still be sounding and rattling in mine ears. But, as I said before, I soon after perceived the end of God therein. For about the space of a month after, a very great storm came down upon me, which handled me twenty times worse than all I had met with before. It came stealing upon me, now by one piece, then by another. First all my comfort was taken from me. Then darkness seized upon me, after which whole floods of blasphemies, both against God, Christ, and the Scriptures, were poured upon my spirit, to my great confusion and astonishment. These blasphemous thoughts were such as also stirred up questions in me against the very being of God, and of His only beloved Son, as whether there were in truth a God, or Christ, or no, and whether the holy scriptures were not rather a fable, and cunning story, than the holy and pure word of God. The tempter would also much assault me with this. How can you tell but that the Turks had as good scriptures to prove their Mahomet the Saviour, as we have to prove our Jesus is? And, could I think that so many ten thousands in so many countries and kingdoms should be without the knowledge of the right way to heaven? If there were indeed a heaven, and that we only who live in a corner of the earth should alone be blessed therewith? Every one doth think his own religion rightest, both Jews and Moors and pagans. And how, if all our faith in Christ and scriptures should be but a think-so too? Sometimes I have endeavored to argue against these suggestions, and to set some of the sentences of blessed Paul against them. But, alas, I quickly felt, when I thus did, such arguings as these would return again upon me. Though we made so great a matter of Paul and of his words, yet how could I tell, but that in very deed he, being a subtle and cunning man, might give himself up to deceive with strong delusions, and also take both that pains and travail to undo and destroy his fellows? These suggestions, with many other which at this time I may not nor dare not utter, neither by word nor pen, did make such a seizure upon my spirit, and did so overweigh my heart, both with their number, continuance, and fiery force, that I felt as if there were nothing else but these from morning to night within me, and as though indeed there could be room for nothing else, and also concluded that God had, in very wrath to my soul, given me up unto them, to be carried away with them as with a mighty whirlwind. Only by the distaste they gave unto my spirit, I felt there was something in me that refused to embrace them. But this consideration I then only had, when God gave me leave to swallow my spittle, otherwise the noise and strength and force of these temptations would drown and overflow, and, as it were, bury all such thoughts or the remembrance of any such thing. 
while i was in this temptation i should often find my mind suddenly put upon it to curse and swear or to speak some grievous thing against god or christ his son and of the scriptures now i thought surely i am possessed of the devil at other times again i thought i should be bereft of my wits for instead of lauding and magnifying god the lord with others if i have but heard him spoken of presently some most horrible blasphemous thought or other would bolt out of my heart against him so that whether i did think that god was or again did think there were no such thing no love nor peace nor gracious disposition could i feel within me these things did sink me into very deep despair for i concluded that such things could not possibly be found amongst them that loved god i often when these temptations have been with force upon me did compare myself in the case of such a child whom some gypsy hath by force took up under her apron and is carrying from friend and country kick sometimes i did and also scream and cry but yet i was as bound in the wings of the temptation and the wind would carry me away i thought also of saul and of the evil spirit that did possess him and did greatly fear that my condition was the same with that of his first samuel sixteen fourteen in these days when i have heard others talk of what was the sin against the holy ghost then would the tempter so provoke me to desire to sin that sin that i was as if i could not must not neither should be quiet until i had committed that now no sin would serve but that if it were to be committed by speaking of such a word then i have been as if my mouth would have spoken that word whether i would or no and in so strong a measure was this temptation upon me that often i have been ready to clap my hand under my chin to hold my mouth from opening and to that end also i have had thoughts at other times to leap with my head downward into some muck-hill hole or other to keep my mouth from speaking now i blessed the condition of the dog and toad and counted the estate of everything that god had made far better than this dreadful state of mind and such as my companions was yea gladly would i have been in the condition of dog or horse for i knew they had no soul to perish under the everlasting weights of hell for sin as mine was like to do nay and though i saw this felt this and was broken to pieces with it yet that which added to my sorrow was that i could not find that with all my soul i did desire deliverance that scripture did also tear and rend my soul in the midst of these distractions the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest whose waters cast up mire and dirt there is no peace saith my god to the wicked isaiah fifty seven twenty twenty one and now my heart was at times exceeding hard if i would have given a thousand pounds for a tear i could not shed one no nor sometimes scarce desire to shed one i was much dejected to think that this should be my lot i saw some could mourn and lament their sin and others again could rejoice and bless god for christ and others again could quietly talk of and with gladness remember the word of god while i only was in the storm or tempest this much sunk me i thought my condition was alone I should therefore much bewail my hard hap, but get out of or get rid of these things I could not. While this temptation lasted, which was about a year, I could attend upon none of the ordinances of God but with sore and great affliction. Yea, then was I most distressed with blasphemies. If I have been hearing the word, then uncleanness, blasphemies, and despair would hold me as captives there. If I had been reading, then sometimes I had sudden thoughts to question all I read 
Sometimes, again, my mind would be so strangely snatched away and possessed with other things that I have neither known nor regarded nor remembered so much as the sentence that but now I have read. In prayer also, I have been greatly troubled at this time. Sometimes I have thought I should see the devil, nay, thought I have felt him, behind me, pull my clothes. He would be also continually at me in the time of prayer to have done. Break off, make haste, you have prayed enough and stay no longer still drawing my mind away sometimes also he would cast in such wicked thoughts as these that i must pray to him or for him i have thought sometimes of that fall down or if thou wilt fall down and worship me matthew four nine also when because i have had wandering thoughts in the time of this duty i have labored to compose my mind and fix it upon god then with great force hath the tempter labored to distract me and confound me and to turn away my mind by presenting to my heart and fancy the form of a bush a bull or besom or the like as if i should pray to those to these he would also at some times especially so hold my mind that i was as if i could think of nothing else or pray to nothing else but to these or such as they yet at times i should have some strong and heart-affecting apprehensions of god and the reality of the truth of his gospel but oh how would my heart at such times put forth itself with inexpressible groanings my whole soul was then in every word i should cry with pangs after god that he would be merciful unto me but then i should be daunted again with such conceits as these i should think that god did mock at these my prayers saying and that in the audience of the holy angels this poor simple wretch doth hanker after me as if i had nothing to do with my mercy but to bestow it on such as he alas poor fool how art thou deceived it is not for such as thee to have favour with the highest then hath the tempter come upon me also with such discouragements as these you are very hot for mercy, but I will cool you. This frame shall not last always. Many have been as hot as you for a spirit, but I have quenched their zeal. And with this such and such who were fallen off would be set before mine eyes. Then I should be afraid that I should do so too. But, thought I, I am glad this comes into my mind. Well, I will watch and take what heed I can. Though you do, said Satan, I shall be too hard for you. I will cool you insensibly, by degrees, by little and little. What care I, saith he, though I be seven years in chilling your heart, if I can do it at last? Continual rocking will lull a crying child asleep. I will ply it close, but I will have my end accomplished. Though you be burning hot at present, yet, if I can pull you from this fire, I shall have you cold before long. End of Part 3